Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. And uh, I do want to honor as well uh, an important person in the room um, who is here uh, from out of town. Uh, our, our former senior pastor, Walt Robertson, is down here. And apparently he's loved, so that's always a good thing, right? Hey, let's pray. Would you join me in the room? We're going to dive in the Word, and let's, let's approach the Word with, um, with honor and joy. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for a beautiful time of worship. We thank you that we get to gather as, as your church And that, Jesus, you've given yourself to us as the head of this church. And we worship you as the head of the church, Lord. And we thank you that that all things find their definition in you, Christ. All things in heaven and on earth find their meaning and their substance in you. And this morning, I pray for all of us here today. I thank you that there is a gift available to every one of your sons and daughters, God, each one of your saints in this room, every person that walked into this room curious about what you're doing, what you're saying, what you're up to, I thank you, Father, that your invitation is available to every single person in this room. We love you, God. As we open your word, we thank you um, that we can be grounded in your word, that your word is the bread of life, that you nourish us, God. And we thank you. We thank you to nourish us with what's eternal this morning. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. So good to see you guys. You look so much better than you did four weeks ago. Anyways. Yeah, I, went, we, I spent some time uh, with my family. We didn't go anywhere. It was kind of called a staycation. I guess that's what they call that. We went camping a few different times. I went fishing, and by saying I I went fishing, that means I I put a a rod with with a line in the water while my son caught all the fish, all right? Because apparently I'm no good at it, all right? But there's grace available today. Anyways, so I'm going to continue. I'm going to pick up on this theme that we've been on over the last month or so, on and off. If you've been around, I know a lot of people are traveling right now. But Bob and Jenny and, and others, we've been in this theme talking about the kingdom of God. How many of you guys know um, that when we, when we open up this scripture, um, the kingdom of God and, 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 and Christ the king, uh, where the chief obsession of the disciples, of the apostles, of all the saints as the church was growing, they gave themselves to the reality of, of the rule and the reign of Jesus Christ. And that the good news of the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom, the good news available to us that they were talking about 2,000 years ago and that we're still talking about today, it's the reason you're here today, is because the good news is the kingdom of God is available right here and right now for anybody who wants to reach out and receive the invitation. That the power and the reign and the rule of our good 
and precious Jesus Christ is available here and now. And I, and I believe that that's the invitation that's available every morning when we get up. And, and, and quite honestly, um, if it's not your obsession, it needs to become your obsession. The good news of Jesus Christ, it, it is right for that to become the chief motivator, the fuel that wakes us up each and every day. That there is no good news apart from, from the Son of God, the God-man, the, the Son of God who was sent to us to perfectly embody what the kingdom of God is supposed to be. He came to us as the perfect representation of God. If you ever wanted to know what God is like, you look at Jesus, right? If you ever want to know what you're supposed to be like, just look at Jesus. He marries the two together, perfectly human, perfectly God. That is such good news for us here today. And so we, we joyfully enter into this conversation, and we've talked about what is the gospel. We've talked about seeing the kingdom, being carriers of the kingdom. It was so awesome listening to testimonies over the last several weeks. In fact, next week, um, I, and I know it's 4th of July weekend next week, you don't want to miss the service next week. Uh, our beloved uh, Sarah Hargadine, who leads our Longmont House Church, is going to be uh, preaching next week, and she's going to be talking about what it looks like um, to view the places that God has positioned you, your spheres of influence, and, and the places God has uniquely positioned you, how to view that through a lens of kingdom and how to actually partner with where God has sent you. How many of you know that we're all missionaries in the room, all right? We don't just post missionary photos on a website or on a wall. We are missionaries. We are the sent people of God. She's going to talk a little bit about that. And then on July 10th, the following Sunday after the service, we're going to have this really special uh, time after the service where for those who want to respond on a deeper level and you want to partner with how do I craft a prayer, how do I pray into the places that God has sent me. On July 10th, after the service, pack a lunch, come in here. Sarah's going to lead, lead us through kind of an encounter time and, and, and the, the ability to how to write a prayer or craft a prayer or step into on a deeper level and take seriously, take possession of the things that God has given us and the places he's uniquely sent us. It's going to be awesome. It's going to take this beyond just good sermons into an actual how do we live this out kind of moment. I just want to encourage you to be a part of that after the service on July 10th. Sound good? Awesome. How many of you guys have your Bibles with you this morning? Matthew chapter 10. We're going to start there. Matthew chapter 10. And we're going to start in verse 1. It says, And he called to him his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. And we're going to skip down verse 1 to verse 7. As they want, he said, And proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons. And so as we, as we talk about what it looks like for the kingdom of God to come, it's interesting looking at, at the way Jesus both proclaimed and demonstrated the kingdom of God on earth. It's important to know that as, as, as he was proclaiming the kingdom, um, there were parts of it where he was modeling and demonstrating the reality of, of what's, what heaven is like and what should be normal, okay? So he was constructing different realities. As he, as he would raise the dead, as he would heal the sick, he would say, listen, I'm giving you a glimpse of, of what's real in the kingdom of God. 
But then also, it's important to know that part of his work was also deconstructing some things as well. That he came to construct a new reality, and he came to deconstruct some certain realities that, that people would find themselves in. He came to establish his throne, but then he also came to dethrone the powers of darkness. Okay? And that's really important to know um, because sometimes when we think of the kingdom of God coming, we leave it to um, j- just what, what Jesus has come to restore, all right? And so when we pray for the sick or when we do signs and wonders, which are natural parts of the, of the kingdom of God, we're modeling something about what's true in heaven. But how many of you know that Jesus also came in power and authority um, to evict the powers of the enemy that have no place here on earth? Okay, so it wasn't just about him setting up his throne. It was about him kicking out the bad guys, okay? And, and, and I really had a strong sense coming into today that it's something that you and I needed to be reminded of as the people of God, okay? That, that when we come into the kingdom, sometimes um, the way we pray, we ask Jesus, we invite him to come and his presence to come and to take, to settle into our lives, Right? But how many of you know that when Jesus sets up his throne, he's not okay with other thrones? Uh, Other things start to get disrupted. In fact, it's impossible for the kingdom of God to come without a confrontation at a certain level. And so he comes and he sets up his throne, but he's not interested in just managing his enemies. Uh, Do you guys understand that? Jesus, when he sets up his throne in our lives... Um, he, he's, he, he's not coming in as the general manager um, to where he's going to be the loudest voice, but there's going to also be some other voices. He comes in to totally disrupt and upend any other competing idols, any other competing foundations that keep us from the knowledge of the glory of God, from flooding the whole earth, okay? And this is really important to know. All throughout Scripture, this is, this is a major principle for the people of God. You know, when, when King David in the Old Testament, when he became king, what are the first two things that he did? If, if you know the story, when, when, when David became king, the first thing he did was he brought the presence, the Ark of the Covenant, back to Jerusalem, right? Which is a very important thing to do. He brought the presence of God back to the center of the people. And that's where it belongs. It belongs in the center Right, But then the second thing he did was he pushed out all of his enemies. There were still enemies in the land, and so he brought the ark back into the center, the presence of God back into the center, but his work wasn't done yet. He still had to push out those who would oppose um, the establishing of the kingdom of God on earth. And this is a, this is a theme even before David that the people of God, even when God would promise them a land, the inheritance, and, and bring them into the land of their inheritance, the promised land. You guys know that there was a certain point in time where even God had to send more instruction and had to rebuke them because they had come into the land, but they hadn't actually fully pushed out all of the enemies out of the land. Do you know it's possible, it's, it is possible to, to be a part of the kingdom of God and to begin to take a step into the kingdom of God, and to begin even uh, welcoming the work of God into our lives, 
But do you know that there's some things that he takes care of himself and then there's some things that he gives us power and authority to push out ourselves, okay? And this is really important uh, because when we start talking about the kingdom of God dismantling the powers of darkness, that's not just something that God promises he'll do. That's something he invites us to take ownership of ourselves. And so where does that start? Now, we could talk on, on large levels. We could talk about things happening globally, happening nationally, and that's, we'll save those for another day, okay? But even today, where I, where I feel like the Lord wants us as, as, as his people, as the redeemed people of God, what he wants to remind us of is that even within our own being and even between our own ears, there is territory that he desires not to just set up a throne, but he decides to kick out the enemy and lock the doors for him never to return again. So here's what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Paul talks about this, okay? It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Now, Bob talked about this a few weeks ago as well, what it looks like to take every thought captive. But that word stronghold is a really interesting word, okay? And I love, came across this definition from Lance Wall now. Here's, here's what he says. What is a stronghold? Think of it as a house made of thoughts, it's a pattern of thinking that has a stronghold or grip on your mind. And let's be honest, if, it, if it's a pattern of thinking, it is also a pattern of feeling and behaving. A stronghold is something that exerts an influence or leverage over the thought patterns that play in your mind, okay? And it is possible, it is possible as we're walking with Jesus, that if we're not also identifying the, the places in our lives and the places in our understanding and the places in our being that the, that the Lord wants to deconstruct and reconstruct, it's possible to have houses built of thoughts that actually suppress us from becoming who we're supposed to be in Christ. Did you guys hear me on that one? Okay, now turn to Mark chapter 5. I want to read a story about this, okay? And this is a great story. This is, what, this, is, this is what Jesus did. We come across a man who had a few strongholds in his life, um, probably a couple thousand, okay? And, uh, and I, love, I love this story, and this is Jesus demonstrating his power over the works of darkness. Don't you just love that Jesus has power over darkness here today? Can we just thank him for a second? Look, God, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you're not timidly prancing around the works of darkness, but you're upending them. You upended them at the cross, Jesus. <laughs> All right. I got to preach because uh, we don't have a lot of time. So, Mark chapter 5, verse 1, it says this. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately they met, uh, there met him a, uh, out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. 
He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when, Jesus saw, when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him, and crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you, by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? And he replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. I don't know why they wouldn't want to go out of the country. Apparently, unclean spirits don't like traveling. I don't know. I don't know how that works. So Jesus encounters a man with an unclean spirit. And how many of you know, when you talk to somebody and they start to refer to themselves in plural form, like we, you know, like, please don't, you know, we don't think you should do that. Anytime somebody's referring to themselves as we, you, you know, red flags go up right away, right? You know that something's about to go down. Like it happened in Brazil one time a few years ago. Somebody came into one of this worship service that we were doing at a church, and, and this woman's like, yeah, we don't feel very good, right? <laughs> and, then, uh, and then she threw up in a, a trash can. A bunch of white, weird n- nastiness, all right? I, I think, I mean, you can, you can thank me for that story later. Anyways. <laughs> since it has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Um, so he, this man, he identifies himself as legion. Now this word legion, it was kind of a, a Roman term at that time. A legion referred to about 5,000 men. Okay. 5,000. And so this man, so Jesus confronts this man, and this man says, um, we are legion for we for we are many. I am legion, for we are many, right? And so Jesus starts contending with this man. He says, come out of this man. And it's an interesting thing because we read a story like this in the Bible, and sometimes it just seems really primitive, doesn't it? That, like when we read this from this modern American lens, we look, we, you know, we read this like, really? You know, thousands of unclean spirits? That's crazy. I'm so glad that doesn't happen anymore, Right? Because we're too smart for that kind of stuff, right? That kind of stuff. That, that was for old times, right? There weren't, there's no demons or unclean spirits anymore, especially not thousands of them. That was for Bible times, right? And we kind of do this thing where because it's not, because it's not necessarily no, a normal part of our experience or vocabulary, we kind of read this type of thing and say, that was, that was then, that was kind of interesting what Jesus did with this man, he casts out all these unclean spirits. But how many of you guys know that, that just because we live in 2016 in the United States of America doesn't mean that we don't deal with a lot of unclean spirits and demonic forces, okay? We've just domesticated them, and we've given them pet names. And so our, our, the unclean spirits and the, 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 the demonic forces that end up oppressing people today uh, we've just, we just tidied them up and dressed them up a little bit. And so they don't seem quite as, quite as primitive because we've named them and then we've kind of made them normal. Okay? And so when we start actually looking at our lives, particularly these houses of thoughts, 
that sometimes we contend with. Um, I, I believe that sometimes we've given a room for the enemy to stay speaking to us and to, to still stay in position, have not casted him out, but have entertained them and, and domesticated voices of the enemy that Jesus has every intention to cast out. And so sometimes we refer to them by different names, right? And it's like, oh, that one, that thought, that's just frustration. I just get frustrated sometimes, right? He just comes in the back door and messes with me sometimes, right? Or that one, oh, that, that's judgment. Yeah, don't worry about judgment. You know, he, he bites sometimes, but just don't get too close to judgment, right? Or anxiety, I just get anxious sometimes. I just get, I just get disappointed sometimes, and what about the voice? What about the thought of time? Do you, guys, do you guys realize that this one is a nasty one? That voice that, that tells you that it, always, it starts every, every sentence off with, by this point in life, you should have blank. Right? You should have, you should have been married by this point in life. You should have this much money in the bank by this point in life. Right? And so what, what's happened is, I believe that even as the people of God, we, we kind of try to keep these voices managed when Jesus has every intention to send them packing. And so here's what happens. Here's what happens next. Verse 11. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, Send us into the pigs. Let us enter them. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs. The herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country, and the people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to see Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion, sitting there, clothed in his right mind. And they were afraid And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. Now, this is just a wild little turn of events, right? So Jesus takes this legion and sends it into this herd of pigs. And they go flying off this cliff. Now, I just want you to picture this. Looking at the ocean with 2,000 floating pigs just in the ocean. Now, if you were that farmer... Or if you were that rancher, whatever. If you were the owner of these pigs, Jesus isn't your friend right now, right? Probably for a lot of reasons. I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of bacon floating in the ocean, right? And he sends it back and pigs fly off. And, and don't, don't you think it's wild that the people, they were more afraid of this man and his sanity than they were in his insanity, this man had been plagued for a long time, and that had become the new normal. And so when Jesus casts out all of these unclean spirits from him and all these voices, the people begged Jesus to leave because what he did, he made something, he made something that was supposed to be normal. Actually, it, it just became, it, it, it disrupted them just enough that they're not even sure if they wanted Jesus in the region. And I wonder for, for, for a lot of us, some of the things that we contend with in our thought life have become so normal to our experience 
that we can't even imagine what it would be like to not contend with those things. And I want you to imagine what this night of sleep must have been like for this man. If you have 2,000, at least 2,000 unclean spirits leave you, he slept, he slept like a baby that night. All of a sudden, there's clarity. All of a sudden, there's righteousness and peace and joy. And so the story continues in verse 18. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with them. And he did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone marveled. And I just, I, I believe that even this, it's funny, he, he wanted to go with Jesus. He wanted to go on the road show, the Jesus road show. Let's go on the tour. Let's go share the testimonies. Let's go on CNN. Let's do some interviews, right? And Jesus says, no, 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 no. All I want you to do is just go home and tell some friends, right? How many of you guys know that that when the kingdom comes, it says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you want to know how to bring the kingdom of God, what it looks like, sometimes it just looks like going home with righteousness, with peace, with joy. The peace of mind, the peace of Christ ruling over yourself. You say, God, I want to go to the ends of the earth. Well, yeah, how about for now, you just go home? Because what if one of the greatest things we can do in the kingdom it's just to go be with the people we love and the friends we know with the deposit of righteousness, peace, and joy and saying this is actually possible in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And I wonder for us as the people of God if this, even today, would be a great place to start. Because I know this, I know this for a fact, that some of us, if you pay attention to the way you think, some of us would, would say, even today, that there's sometimes just this cloud, this fog of voices, and they're talking, and they're chatting, and you're trying to make sense of it. You're trying to disentangle these thoughts that are talking at each other and around each other, telling you who you are, or what you're supposed to be doing, or what the people in your life are supposed to be doing, or what's wrong with the world, or what's going on, and these voices of shame, and oppression, and fear, and anxiety and addiction, and apathy, and all these things that we've kind, of, we've kind of named off. I'm just telling you today, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, he wants to silence the voice of the enemy to be kicked out of the house once and for all, and for us to lock that door and keep him out. He has no place. The enemy deserves no chance at your thought life. And this morning, I believe, I believe, before we leave, some of you are going to be freed up from some strongholds in your thinking, and you're going to sleep really well tonight for the first time in a long time. Okay? And so here's, here's, here's what we're going to do. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. I, I think what I want to do is I'm going to call out a few of these things and we're going to proclaim the name of Jesus, the one, the name to whom all authority and power has been given in heaven and on earth. 
And we're just, we're gonna, we're gonna pray that the powers of darkness that we've somehow befriended or have just kept subdued on a day-to-day basis, that they were gonna be notified this morning that they have no place in our lives, okay? Are, are you guys with me on that? Okay, I just need to know that that resonates with somebody here today. I know that, I know that for me, that this has been a really important thing, um, that taking every thought captive means that we have to actually do something with the authority given to us in Jesus Christ, okay? And the authority that he gives us is, is to not just live in the land while the enemies are still here, but to push out the voices of the enemy that tries to come in and, and cloud up the people of God. You know, the sons and daughters of God, we are born, we are designed to live with the clarity of thought and freedom in our thinking and feeling that nothing would come across the knowledge, would go against the knowledge of the Son of God in our lives. That's how you're made. And actually, that's normal. Should be. So this morning, and I think we'll just do it like this. I'm going to call it a couple of things, and if that's you, I, I guess just stand, and it's okay, because I, some of these I'll be standing with you, and uh, there is, there's no shame if you actually respond to this, because all of us have something that we get to kick out this morning. Does that make sense? Okay, we're in this together. So if anybody has been struggling um, with anxiety, you've been struggling with anxiety, I want you to stand up. And there's these thoughts, they consume you. They do feel like shackles. And you try to talk yourself out of it. And it doesn't work. Okay? Um, here's what I want to do. Um, we're just going to pray. And, and I want you to name it. Say, anxiety, you must be silenced in the name of Jesus Christ. I want you to say it with your mouth. Anxiety, be silence in the name of Jesus Christ. And Jesus, I pray over everyone standing right now who's been in a place or in a season being consumed with, with thoughts that they don't know what to do with and that seem overwhelming to them. We thank you that Jesus, you are victor, that you have come and you have overcome the world. And we pray for the peace of Christ to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We speak to our brothers and sisters in this room who have struggled with anxiety and we say, be silent, anxiety. You have no place in the heart, in the mind, in the houses of these men and women. And we thank you for a deposit of wholeness. We thank you for a deposit of a sound mind to happen right now that in the name of Jesus, something would snap off and that all dominion would be yours, that you would dethrone any oppressive or unclean spirits that have come to cloud up our thinking. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. I would like to pray for those who have been under the weight of depression and I know that depression is a, is a, it's a real thing. And let me just be clear on this. Depression's not always just a spiritual thing. There's real chemical things that happen in our brains sometimes. And some of you are in medicine, and that's okay. It's totally okay. We believe in healing in a lot of different ways, all right? Let me just make that very clear. 
don't just go throw away your medication. You work that with Jesus and your doctors, okay? So if you're on medication, stay on your medication. There's, there's other things going on, but can we just announce the lordship of Jesus Christ over the things that, that hold us down? And I, God, I pray for those even right now who have stood even for this particular thing and for a long time they have, they've, they've, they've been under the weight of thoughts of themselves and an outlook on life that they haven't been able to snap out of. And Lord God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, you are not far from them right now. You are not far from them right now. And I thank you, Jesus, as you are setting up your throne in the lives of these men and women. We thank you, Lord God, for total victory and breakthrough, for a deposit of the hope of glory, that Jesus Christ, you are the hope of glory. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that depression will go in the name of Jesus. Depression must go in the name of Jesus. (laughs) We thank you for joy. Do you guys know that joy isn't just something we try to get ourselves to do? Have you guys ever tried that before? I've tried that. You try to white knuckle yourself into joy. You ever tried that? I'm gonna be joyful today. I promise I will be happy. I love my life. You know, it's like, it doesn't quite work. Joy is, is, is the fruit of the sweetness of the Holy Spirit. And it's a gift to you today. Receive the gift of joy. Some of you came in this room and you're living in the weight of a judgment. And maybe you've judged yourself or somebody in your life has judged you. Quite possibly, it's just the accuser. Do you know that the accuser stands before the throne of God and he accuses you night and day? That's his full-time job. But guess what? His voice, his voice can be silenced. Is there anybody here that has judged themselves or been under the weight of judgment from another person or from a family member from the voice of the enemy? Yeah. See, this, this stuff has got to stop. We're going to evict judgment right now. The lease is up. The lease is up, all right? So, so, so again, if you're not standing right now, I just, just, just kind of agree in prayer for those in the room um, that have been under the weight of judgment and the shackles of judgment. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, that when you went to the cross, you undid the shackles of all judgment that was placed upon us. You took all judgment upon yourself. And this morning, Lord God, we, we speak to the, to the voices of the enemy that would want to come and suppress us into certain categories, into certain frames of mind. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we are more than conquerors in Christ who is in us. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, right now to release us from the judgment placed on us by others. We cut off the accusations of the enemy. We cut off the accusations of people in our lives, maybe even people who thought they were well-meaning, but in just a single phrase or a single word or a single thought, they put on us something that we were never intended to carry. I pray for freedom in the name of Jesus for the sons and daughters of God this morning. Freedom to live. We thank you with the spirit of the Lord 
Lord is, there is true freedom, Lord God. I pray for shoulders to be lifted high this morning. I pray for, for, for our sight to be lifted high, for joy to increase, Lord Jesus, that judgment has no place for the people of God in the name of Jesus. Come on, would you thank him in this place? <laughs> hey, let's stand together. Let's stand together. Here's, what I, here's the last thing I would say, and we have to kind of end our time here. Some of you, there's other things. There's voices of shame. There's voices of fear. And the Holy Spirit is going to show you which ones you've been listening to. And as it comes to mind, whether it's addiction or shame or fear, any of these things that have already been mentioned, your job, I just want to commission you, your job and the authority and power of Jesus Christ is to name it and to silence it. Okay? You get to do that. You get to walk as a free person, right? And then God wants to give you the truth of his word as a weapon against those things. For every voice you silence, he wants to give you a specific scripture, a specific verse um, to root yourself in, to anchor yourself in. This isn't just wishful thinking. This is the power of the almighty God at work in our lives. Do you guys believe it? This is what we get to enter into. This isn't just fairy tale stuff here, right? This is real stuff. And so we get to live as people, not as people of the kingdom. We get to leave this place, go home in the righteousness, peace, and joy of the Holy Spirit, not just dealing with the powers of darkness, but telling it to leave. So you get to walk your neighborhood. You get to walk your home. You get to anoint your home with oil, which I would highly recommend to you today. And the last thing I would say that the Lord told me to tell you is that some of you tonight are gonna receive, even tonight, I, 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 man, I, I believe this. I just want to throw this out here. I believe that tonight, God wants to give you a prayer language that you've never had before to pray in the spirit of God that as, as, as the enemy wants to oppress, you get to push it back as God would give you a prayer language. You may begin to speak in tongues and you're going to freak yourself out, but guess what? You're going to freak all of hell out too. The older I get, the most powerful moments in my day are when I'm speaking in the Spirit of God. Call it crazy, whatever, man. I'm living free right now. And you get to as well. So Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for every one of us here today. I thank you for the kingdom that you called us into. And we do say, let your kingdom come. We bless you, Jesus. We bless your work here. And I send each and every one of these loved ones home, Lord God, and, and the power and the peace and the freedom of the kingdom of God. I thank you that you're sending us back home to tell others of what you've done. You're sending us home so that others can marvel at your work. And I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for what you called us into. Thank you for the glorious inheritance of your saints. We love you today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, I'm going to invite the ministry team to come up, up front. We're going to have some words on the screen for healing. If you have any of these words, please come up. Yes, yes, yes. And, and we're going to pray, um, as well, Didi just mentioned, uh, as we go, we're praying for an infilling of the Holy Spirit. If you've never received the Holy Spirit, um, we invite you to come up front, and we want to pray for you 
for, for you to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit in a brand new, fresh way this morning. Um, come and receive prayer for anything that comes to mind. We'd love to get a chance to talk to you. You can also meet us at the Connect Center in the back. Everybody, you are awesome. Go in the peace and strength of the kingdom. We'll see you guys soon.